Amen. If you uh, were here with us last week, then you know that I'm going to do things just a little bit differently like I did last week. Instead of reading a particular text and then building the message around that text, I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and we're going to pray this morning and we're going to just share with you a thought around a lot of different scriptures. So if you would please bow your heads and let's pray. Jesus, Lord God, we come to you this morning with a humble heart and we come to you, Lord, with a grateful heart. Thankful for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you are going to do in our midst. We're grateful, Lord, for your word. We are grateful, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity that we have together here in this place to worship your name and to learn of you. I ask you this morning, Lord, as we come to the ministering of the word, that your spirit will be with us, that you will enable us to be an uh, effective minister of the word of God this morning. Open our hearts that the seed of God can be planted within our hearts, and then, Lord, bring forth the appropriate uh, harvest. I pray, Lord, that you will bless me as I speak and that you will inspire me as I speak and that you will bless the hearers today and glorify the name of Christ in our midst to edify the body of Christ. And Lord, we will be eternally grateful and we thank you for these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone in agreement said amen. amen. So last week I began a series of messages and, and, and that was message one called Dress for Success. And uh, this week, we're going to minister the second part of that message series. And this morning, I want to continue uh, as we talked last week about being dressed to be effective in our walk with God. For those of you that were here with us last Sunday, I would ask you to just bear with me for just a few moments. For those that weren't with me, I'd like to kind of recap some of the things that we spoke about. Because as we began last week, we began by determining that there are some certain things that the Bible tells us that we are to put on and to put off. And so we're going to be talking about things that we are to put on, but to set a little bit of a foundation for that, the scripture is clear about some of the things that we are to put off. We talked about Romans chapter 13 and verse number 12, where the Bible instructs us to cast off the outer works of darkness. Amen. Ephesians 4 and 22 says we are to put off or put away the former manner of our life and put away the old man that waxes corrupt after the lusts of deceit. Colossians 3 and 8, the Bible tells us again that we are to put off anger and wrath and malice and we are to put off blasphemy and bitterness and we are to put off all filthy communication out of our mouth. Colossians 3 and 9 says, seeing that we have put off the old man with his teeth, we are to put off some things, but just as surely as we are to put off some things, there are some things that we are instructed to put on. 
So what does the Bible tell us that we are to put on? What are we to clothe ourselves in order to have a successful walk with God? And the answer to those questions is the fundamental thought or the fundamental idea of our study this morning because just as God's word makes it clear that there are some things that we are to put off, there are some things that we are to put on. And last week we began by talking about the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10. The Bible said in Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. And then he tells us that we are to put on the whole armor of God. We are to be clothed in the armor of God. He says that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. What we glean from that verse this morning and what we need to understand is that we are in a spiritual battle. We are in a spiritual warfare. Amen. In every area of our life, the enemy is going to do everything that he can to rob from you, to steal from you, and to take from you. Amen. We need to understand that in every area of our life, the enemy, amen, has a, has a, has a, a bullseye pointed right at us. We are his target. The Bible said in John 10 and 10 that the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's all that he does. That's not a part of who he is. That's who he is. Hello? Amen. Anytime the enemy comes at you, he's coming at you from one of three angles, to steal, to kill, or to destroy. Amen. Amen. And he's out to rob us of our peace of mind, our faith, our joy, our health, our sanity, our marriage, our finances, every area of our life. When you got up this morning, the enemy put a target on your back and said, I'm going to do everything that I can to keep them from being blessed. Hmm. And we need to realize... That every day the enemy is going to come at us. And so in order to be prepared for warfare, we need to put on the whole armor of God. That's what the scripture tells us. Put on the whole armor of God. We need to realize that in, in order to be success, successful and victorious, then we need to put on the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, have our loins girt about with truth. We need to put on the things that God has given to us in order for us to defend ourselves. Hmm. Secondly, the scripture instructs us, and we talked about this last week. We talked about how that we are to put on Christ. Amen. The Bible said in Romans 13 and 14, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3.27 said, as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. 
What does that mean to put on Christ? It means to duplicate, replicate his example. It means to become like him. It means uh, to emulate. It means to model ourselves after his principles. We are to put on Christ. We are to put on his nature. We are to put on his character. We are to put on his characteristics. We are to be clothed with Christ. The third thing that we talked about last week is we are instructed in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 to put on the new man. Amen. We have been born again by the Spirit of God, and we are to put on the new man. We are to become a new man, a new woman, a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. We are to put on new feelings and new priorities and put on new principles and new desires. Amen. If all things have passed away and behold, all things have become new, we ought to act like it. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. We ought to act like we've been born again. We ought to act like we have a relationship with Jesus. Put on the new man. If we've been transformed, amen, from the inside out, I promise you, when you get Jesus on the inside, there's going to be a change on the outside. Amen, amen, amen. We're to put on the new man. And then the fourth thing that we talked about last week is we are to put on, as the scripture says, we are to put on a heart of compassion. We are to put on a heart of compassion. It means that we should be, amen, expressing or have a yearning of compassion in our hearts. Amen. We should be merciful in our actions and in our deeds. We should be clothed with a tender, compassionate heart toward others. Amen. So we are to put on the whole armor of God. We are to put on Christ. We are to put on the new man. We are to put on, amen, a heart of compassion. Amen. And there were so many things that the Lord began to speak to me when he gave me this word or put this word in my heart. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get through all of it last week. So this morning I want to pick up where we left off and talk about some other things that we are to put on. Let's continue this morning. If we're going to be dressed for success in our walk with God, then there are some other things that we are going to need to put on. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12. Here's a whole list of things that the Spirit of God directed the Apostle Paul to write for our benefit. Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, he says, Put on, therefore, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, as children of God, and those that have a relationship with God, put on. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercy or a heart of compassion. And then he said, put on kindness. Put on humbleness of mind. Put on meekness and long-suffering. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. And get this, 
And if any man have a quarrel against another, even as Christ forgave you, you do also unto them. Hello? There's a lot in that verse. He says, put on the fifth thing that I want to talk about. He says, put on kindness. We are instructed to put on kindness. Kindness refers to a sweetness of disposition, a sweet nature, a kind temperament, a kind character, a disposition of kind heartedness, having a spirit of consideration and thoughtfulness. Amen. I don't know about you, but I've run across some folks who claim to be Christian and they were everything but kind. Hello? And sometimes if we're not careful ourselves, amen, even in a time when we get rubbed the wrong way and we get bumped the wrong way, sometimes we don't show kindness like we ought to ourselves. Amen. But we are to put on a spirit or an attitude of kindness. My wife is the kindest person I know. She has me beat by a mile when it comes to kindness. Hello, I'm just telling you like it is. Amen. When the Lord began to put this on my heart, I'm like, Lord, I got some, I got some work to do in some area. There's some stuff I haven't put on yet like I ought to. Amen. Kindness may be just one of those things. We are to have a spirit of kindness. We are to have a spirit of consideration. We are to have a disposition amen, of kindness toward others. How many of you know we live in a very unkind world? How would you, you know how people will know that you are a child of the living God if you buck the trend, amen, and you live your life with some kindness, amen, everybody else would be, man, that ain't how everybody would just, amen, that ain't everybody, how everybody would react to that situation. Yeah, yeah. Right? Amen. Must be something different about them. Well, what's different about them is they've put on the armor of God. What's different about them is they've put on Christ. What's different about them is they put on a new man. What's different about them is they have a heart of compassion. And what's different about them is they have a spirit of kindness. Uh, how many of you know that little song, What the World Needs Now? <laughs> a little kindness. The sixth thing that that scripture talks about, he says, put on humbleness. Put on a humble spirit. It means to have a proper estimate of oneself. To be unpretentious, down to earth in nature. We are to express an unassuming, unassertive nature. One of the greatest acts of humility that I could tell you about or share with you about is found in the, in the book of John, chapter 13, verse number 3 through verse number 5. You can read it on your own time, but in, in John chapter 13, between 3 and 5, verse 3 and 5, you will find that the Bible said that Jesus and his disciples had shared the Last Supper. Jesus knows that he is about to be crucified. 
He knows that he is about to be arrested and taken before the, the authorities. He knows that he is about, he knows this is his last night upon earth. And they finish supper together, he and the 12 disciples. And they do you know what Jesus did? Now listen, this is the king of glory. This is the son of God. And the Bible said that he took a towel and wrapped it around himself. And he got a wash pan and he filled it with water. And he knelt and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Here, here is what the world would call the leader of the bunch. And the leader of the bunch is washing the disciples' feet. What was he doing? He was revealing to them how that we should have a humble heart. He was revealing to them that we should not think so much of ourselves that we can't serve in any capacity. Amen, that's a perfect example here, amen, of humility, the Son of God, amen, didn't think so highly of himself that he wasn't willing to serve in the most unassuming kind of way, and he knelt and he washed the feet of others. Let me tell you something this morning, if you get to thinking of yourself to the point, amen, that you're too good to do service in the house of the Lord or in the kingdom of God, you've got too big for your own britches. You hear what I'm saying? You think way too much of yourself. You are not that in the bag of chips. Have a humbleness of heart. Be willing to serve. Be willing to serve others. He was our example. Saints of God, don't ever think so highly of yourself that you become unwilling to serve in whatever capacity that the Lord deems for you to serve in. Amen. Amen. It's all about being willing to serve and having... A humble heart put on humility. The Bible said that pride goes before a fall. Pride goes before a fall. Don't think so much of yourself that you can't serve others in love. Serving doesn't mean just the musicians and serving doesn't mean just the preacher and serving doesn't mean just, let me just tell you something right here, right up front this morning. Amen. This church could not run if I was, as Gavin put it, the boss. Amen. It is not all about me. It's about a whole bunch of other people that serve in their capacity. So I don't have to worry about a whole bunch of other things. Amen. I can just do what God called me to do. If they'll do what God called Call them to do. I can do what I was called to do. Amen, amen, amen. It's about serving where the Lord puts us. The, the seventh thing that he talks about is meekness. Having a meek spirit. Meekness is the opposite of harsh. Meekness is the opposite of callous. Meekness is the opposite of inconsiderate and abrasive. 
anybody ever find yourself being inconsiderate and abrasive? Uh, you better get dressed. You better put your clothes on. Hello? You better put on the things that God instructs us to put on. Meekness means quietness, peacefulness, possessing a tranquil attitude. Having a tranquil spirit. My wife and my family will be the first to tell you that the only time that I get radical and holler is when I preach and when I go to a football game. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Other, other than that, I'm a pretty quiet guy. <laughs> oh, I just go, mm -hmm. Oh, nice move. That's my, that's my favorite go-to. Oh. And my wife go, honey, honey. And I'm like, what? <laughs> meekness. I've heard of meekness explained like this. Meekness does not mean weakness. The Bible said that Moses was the meekest individual that walked the face of the earth at his time. And yet God chose that meek individual to lead the children of Israel up out of Egypt and lead them through 40 years of wandering. I promise you, meekness does not mean weakness. Meekness is power under restraint, under control. And God intends for us to have a meek attitude, a meek spirit. Amen. We may be empowered by a lot of things, but let me just tell you, God intends for us to harness some of those things and operate in a spirit of meekness. So put on. Put on the things that God tells us to put on in order to be successful. He also says in that same verse to put on long suffering. To put on long, it means to forbear toward others, to be forbearing, to be forgiving, to be accommodating, to be, amen, tolerant, to be patient, to be pardoning of others. That's what long-suffering means, to be forbearing. We're instructed to put on the armor of God, put on Christ, put on the new man, put on a heart of compassion. We are instructed to put on kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering. All of these things, all of these things are the garments of a new life that we have been called in, amen, and called to walk in, and we are responsible for putting them on. And every day we have a choice to make when we get up. If we are going to put on the garments that we are supposed to put on, or if we are just going to go through the day spiritually streaking. Hello? Pardon me, sir, did you see what happened? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm dating myself, but you remember that old song, right? 
So there's some other things that I want to talk to you about this morning that he tells us to put on. The ninth thing that the Spirit of the Lord instructed me to bring to your attention is do you realize that we are to put on, we are to put on love? We are to, I mean, like a garment. Like a garment, we are to put on love. Do you have scripture to back that up? Colossians 3.14, we're reading there. If you still have your Bible open, just go on down to the 14th verse of that third chapter of Colossians and listen what he says. Above all of these things, above kindness and long-suffering and meekness and all of those things that we just talked about, humility, all of those things. He said, above all of these things, put on charity or put on love which is the bond of perfectness. I call love the super glue of the gospel. It is the bond of perfectness. Do you, what does it mean, perfectness, that, that, that you're without failure? No, what it means is it means that it is the bond of maturity. It is the, doesn't mean that you won't ever fail, you won't ever fall, you won't ever stumble. Amen. You won't ever have to say, Lord, forgive me. It means that you have come to the place where you walk in a spirit of love and a spirit of maturity in the Lord. John chapter 13, verse 35. Why is it important that we put on love? Here's the reason why. John 13 and 35. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. How will the world know that we are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ? If they can discern that we are walking in love. John chapter 4, verse number 7. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7. Said, Beloved, let us love one another for the love. He meant for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. If you're not walking in love, you haven't been born of God, and you do not know him, and he does not recognize you. But if you're walking in the love of God, if you're walking in love, God said that's how others will know that you belong to me. 1 John 4 and 7 through verse 21, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8, he that loves not knows not God, for God is love. Herein is the love, or herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son for us. Amen. Verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought also to love one another. Amen. What is he saying? He's saying, if as God loved us, uh, amen, enough to send his son to come and be the propitiation for our sins uh, and be the substitute uh, and the sacrifice for our sin. If God loved us uh, enough to send Christ, uh, then we ought to have enough love in our hearts uh, that we can love one another. Hmm. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. 
Hello? Amen. Listen to what he says. He says, hereby we know, verse 13, hereby we know that we dwell in him. Next time you wonder if you're dwelling in him, ask yourself this question. Hereby we know that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us the love or the spirit of his love. He has given us his spirit and his love. If a man say, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment that we have received from him. Amen. That we love one another. The point is that if we're going to be successful in our walk with God, then we're going to have to put on a garment of love. How many of you know too many of God's people are wearing a coat of critical, of a critical spirit? They're wearing a garment of criticism. Hello? Amen. Too many of God's people are wearing a, a, a critical garment instead of a garment of love. Not our job to be critical of others. They're not our servants. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. We are to have a heart that is filled with the love of God. Amen. The tenth thing that he put upon my heart, I'm going to rush. The tenth thing that he put upon my heart, we, we, we ought to put on a garment of prayer. We are to be a prayerful people. Ephesians 6 and 8 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, the Bible tells us that we are to be a people that pray without ceasing. Amen. Jude chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible said, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Uh, Luke 18 and 1, Jesus uh, spake a parable unto this end that men ought always to pray and faint not. What he was saying is that we are to have on a garment of prayer. We are to be a prayerful people. Amen. We are to be praying. Praying for not just our needs, but praying for the needs of others. Praying that the will of God be accomplished on planet earth. Hello, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. That's what Jesus, that's how he taught us to pray. We're to pray for his will to be done, not just in our life, but in the lives of others and in this world. Amen. Amen. So we're to put on the armor of God, put on Christ, put on the new man, put on a heart of compassion, amen, a heart of kindness, a heart of humility, meekness, long-suffering, a heart of love, and a prayerful spirit where we go through our day acknowledging, amen, not just, amen, praising God for what he's done, but praising God for who he is. Amen. And the last garment that I want to talk about this morning before I close is the garment of praise. We are to put on a garment of praise. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 61, verse number 1, verse 1 through 3. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1 through 3. This is, this is speaking of the Lord. 
This is speaking of the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 61 and 1, the prophet speaks these words and he says, The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. He's talking about the words of the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen to that. To comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. Amen. And then he said, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That's what he came to do. He came to exchange some garments with us. He came to exchange, amen, a garment of mourning and give us, amen, a garment of joy. He came, amen, to give us, amen, a garment, amen, that takes away our ashes and makes everything beautiful in his time. He came to give us joy for mourning and he came to give us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Mm. Hallelujah. But it is up to us to put it on. You can get up in the morning saying, good Lord, it's morning. Or you can get up saying, good morning, Lord. Hello? You can look at all of your trials and your troubles and your struggles and your situations and let it bring you down. Or you can look at all of those things as an opportunity for Jesus to just show off in your life. Hello? Amen. He came to give us for the spirit of heaviness. How many of you have ever had the enemy try to put on you a garment of heaviness and try to bring you down and try to keep you, amen, low and try to make you feel uh, depressed and defeated? Uh, amen, I came to tell you this morning that he came uh, to give you a garment of praise uh, for that spirit of heaviness, uh, but it is up to you to put it on. Can you prove that with scripture? I believe that I can. It's up to you to put it on. This is what David said about praise. He said, I will, I will. I will bless the Lord. Psalms 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Amen. I, I will. Let me, let, let me just tell you something this morning. Amen. You may not feel like you've got a right to praise. You may not feel like you got anything to praise about. But praise is not about, amen, how you feel. Praise is about your will. David said, I will. I may not feel like it. I may not look like I got anything to praise about. But I will. I will. I will. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
amen, amen, amen. I will, I will. That's putting on a garment of praise. I will. I may have to tell myself once in a while, what are you down about? What, what, are you, what are you so forlorn about? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you so, amen, why are you so heavy hearted? Look at all the things that the Lord has done for you. Uh, amen, my God, he saved you when you were, amen, nothing but a worthless, uh, amen, individual. He saved you and pulled you out of a horrible pit, wrote your name in the Lamb's book of life, promised you eternal life. Uh, amen, you got something to give him some praise about. Hmm. Amen, amen. Psalm 63 and 1. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. Your loving kindness, all that you have done for me, Lord, is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Amen. The psalmist said in Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Amen. I love that. David said, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. If I'm going to do it, I ain't going to do it half-heartedly. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with everything that's within me. Amen. Somebody may say, well, preacher, you have lost your mind up there hollering. Amen. You have lost. Let me just tell you, if I'm going to preach, I'm going to preach with all of my heart. I'm going to preach with all of my soul, with all of my might. Amen. If I'm going to worship the Lord, then I want you to know something. We ought to do it with everything that is within us. Amen. 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 Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. And he says, I'm going to tell you why. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Oh, yeah. How many of you know you got some benefits in serving the Lord? Yeah. And then he begins to list the benefits. Who forgives all of thine iniquities? Thank you. Glory to God. I had some. He took them away. Amen. Where did he put them? He put them in the sea. He put them as far as the east is from the west. Never to be remembered against me anymore. Mm, that's enough to shout about right there. But that ain't all of his benefits. He goes on and says, who heals all of your diseases? Who redeems thy life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies and satisfies your mouth with good things? Haven't you ever tasted something but good? He satisfies your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed. Like the eagle. Mm. Every day he renews us. Every day he loads us with benefits. Every day he redeems our life from destruction. Every day he crowns our life with loving kindnesses uh, and tender mercies. Uh, every day he forgives uh, all of our iniquities. He's faithful and just uh, to forgive and cleanse us uh, of all of our unrighteousness. Uh, the Bible said in Psalms uh, 150 and verse 1 through 6, uh, it says, 
says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. And praise him according to his excellent goodness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the string instruments and the organ. Praise him upon the loud cymbals and the high sounding cymbals. And then he closes out that chapter by saying, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. If you got breath in your body, you ought to put on a garment of praise and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Mm. Amen. Hebrews 13 and 15 says, By him, therefore, by Jesus, by him, therefore, our high priest, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise unto God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Our lips should be continually praising his name. He has given us for the spirit of heaviness a garment of praise. But it's up to us to put it on. Can I tell you where, where, the, where the spirit of God lives? I'll give you his address. He lives in our praise. He inhabits the praise of his people. He inhabits the praise. When the praises go up, the presence of the Lord will come down. When the praises go up, the spirit of the Lord will inhabit that praise. Amen, amen. Anytime, anytime you want to get into the presence of God, just begin to worship and begin to praise him. I promise you he'll go, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. Put on, put on the whole armor of God. Put on Christ. Put on the weapons of your warfare. Put on Christ. Emulate him. Let your life be an example of Christ in you. Put on the new man. Put on a heart of compassion. Put on kindness, humility, and meekness, and long-suffering. Put on love and prayerfulness, and put on the garment of praise. Eleven things that the Spirit of the Lord put upon my heart. There are probably others that I didn't even research or look at but it's not an exhaustive message but but i'm just telling you this morning there's some things that we are instructed to put off and there are some things that we are instructed to put on and we can put some stuff off but if we ain't putting some things on we're not going to be victorious and successful in our relationship, in our, in, our, in our Christian experience, in our walk with God. We need to be effectively equipped. Amen. And what I've preached to you these last two Sundays is how to equip yourself. How do we equip yourself for success? Put on 
the things that he instructs us to put on. And I promise you that you will see a change in your life. Bow your heads all over the building this morning. Bow your heads all over the building this morning. The bottom line, the bottom line that we need to ask ourselves is, are we dressed for success? Have we put on the whole armor of God? Have we put on Christ? Have we put on the new man? Is our heart filled with compassion? Have we put on kindness and humility and meekness and long-suffering and love and prayerfulness and praise? And have we put on all of the things that he has instructed for us to put on? Or are there a few things that we have left off? Are there a few things that we have left off? Normally during the week, 99% of the time, as I head out the door to go to work, the last thing that I grab is a hat. And I put on a hat. I either put on a western hat or a ball cap or uh, something, I put on a hat. If you see me out and about, chances are you're going to see me wearing a hat. The other morning I started to leave for work. I walked into the kitchen to fill my Go coffee cup. My wife always is pouring it for me and all I have to do is walk in and take it from her hand, get my goodbye kiss and she looked at me kind of strange. She said, where's your hat? I almost went off out of here without a hat. Let me just tell you, other people notice when you ain't wearing what you're supposed to be wearing. It's true. If you don't have a spirit of love, other people recognize that. If you don't have a, if you don't have a spirit of kindness... Other people pick up on that. You, you're not fooling anybody. Hello? So the question becomes, are we dressed for success? Or are there some things that we have left off that we need to put on before we hit the door running? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I have done my best to deliver the word that you placed upon my heart. And now, Holy Spirit, it is simply up to you to take the word to the hearts of these that have heard. Whether they are here in our congregation or whether they are listening over the internet, help us to recognize the areas of our life that we have left unclothed. Maybe we have put on certain garments, but we have alleviated others. Speak to us about that today. Speak to us about that today. Show us the error of our way. You said to the church of Laodicea, you don't realize it, but you are miserable, you are blind, and you are naked. If there's some of us here this morning that are 
naked in some areas of our walk, then speak to our hearts today so that we have time to put on the proper clothing for success. In Jesus' name, speak to our hearts. I ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Are you here? And you would be willing to just slip up a hand and say, Pastor Gary, there, there's some areas that I've left unclothed. He got, God's, God's talking to all of us. He's talking to all of us. It's up to us to put them on. Hands lifted all over the building. Stand to your feet. Let me pray with you, will you please? Heavenly Father, you have seen and you have acknowledged every hand that has been lifted. Hmm. Lord, you know whether we are or we are not, but you have seen every hand that was lifted here today. In every area of our life, I pray that you will clothe us with the proper attire. I believe dressed to the nines is the term. Dress us. Dress us. So that when others see us, we are the image and we are the reflection of Jesus Christ. People won't have to wonder. They won't have to wonder if we have a spirit of, of meekness. They won't have to wonder if we have a heart of kindness. They won't have to wonder. It just shows through. Clothe us to be more like him. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Holy Spirit, do the work that only you can do in us. Let us trade some of those old garments for some new garments today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we thank you for it and praise you for it right now.